0: Thank you for listening. Now live from the Devil Radio Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, where the political party is just beginning. Welcome to the Devil's Advocate Show. Friends proving it's never personal, only politics. Please
1: allow me to introduce myself.
0: Here is your host, Mike Crute.
1: Welcome back to the Devil's Advocate Rave the uh, Devil's Advocates Radio Show. Sometimes the mouth works without the brain <laughs> attached. I apologize. You know how that works, Dom.
2: I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, Welcome the, to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show, Curdy The happier
1: hump day. Anyways, let's just get started. Uh, Dom, you know what I promised to you? What's that? I will never drink a cup of union-busting Bust Starbucks Joe. I will never drink that coffee. Now, I'm not a coffee guy, so it's not much of a pledge. <laughs> way, to, way to go on a ledge, man. It's it's like giving up, you know, Rocky Road ice cream for Lent if you hate Rocky Road ice cream. But uh, Dom, it got contentious on the Hill today. The Schultz guy, the, the labor-busting CEO of Starbucks, I guess he's what, chairman of the board of or something. And Bernie Sanders, my dude. Today, had a little square off on the hill. And I believe we've got some of the sound of this, and we've got some coverage of this as well. This is this is the breaking news, Dom. I find it all over the interwebs. Bernie Sanders laying some lumber. Uh, let's see if we can find the sound. Oh, damn it, I got yesterday's sound here. Uh, let's start with the Bernie Sanders. If we could e-bone, let's go with cut number one. Starbucks violating the... What, the the labor laws? Cut one. These
3: violations include the illegal firing of more than a dozen Starbucks workers for the crime of exercising their right to form a union and to collectively bargain for better wages, benefits, and working conditions.
1: Yeah, but Starbucks doesn't want that. That's bad for their bottom line. Because if you can squeeze the labor, you can squeeze a couple more nickels to the bottom line down.
2: Well, you don't become a billionaire without squeezing somebody, Crudy. He's very proud of that. Uh, let's hear some more from uh, Senator Sanders. They broke the law. Cut to, please.
3: Judges have found that Starbucks broke the law 130 times across six states since workers began organizing in the fall of 2021. You know,
1: one thing I have been encouraged by sort of post-pandemic or sort of concurrently parallel with the pandemic. The revitalization of the unionization effort. Workers taking a little power back. Joining together, collectively bargaining. Uh, we've been friends, especially with the Teamsters. We've seen some of these service unions try to try to unionize in Milwaukee. What? Collect, uh, Collectivo Coffee, a prime example. And obviously, Starbucks fighting it
3: tooth and nail. But Bernie... Bernie's always stood with the unions, talked about it today, cut three. At a time when 71% of the American people now approve of unions, the highest level since 1965, there has been a major revitalization of the trade union movement in this country.
1: And one more from Senator Sanders from the hearing today with Starbucks and their Board of Directors Emeritus, uh, Howard Schultz, I believe his name. But here's
3: Bernie, my guy, Bernie Sanders, cut four. Unless we change the nature of the way our economy works, it is all too likely that our younger generation will have a lower standard of living than their parents.
1: You know, Dom, when I do drink coffee, I like it like Howard Schultz's heart, black, with a little whiskey in there, cruddy, uh, or some rum, <laughs> a little Irish coffee. Bernie Sanders confronts former Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz on company's labor practices. Uh, Senator Sanders, uh, CNN, my source. Senator Bernie Sanders, who has roundly criticized former Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz over the company's blatant attempts to shut down its own workers' unionization efforts, finally got the question Schultz during a hearing about. Uh, before the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee today. Over the course of roughly two hours, and I think Schultz felt like it was a rough two hours, on Wednesday morning, Senators questioned Schultz, currently Starbucks chairman emeritus, about the company. Those on the left pressed Schultz on the coffee company's labor practices and wondered how the former CEO can claim that the company act lawfully despite the national labor, labor. relations board, finding that it did not. It broke the law, Dom. Those on the right, by contrast, Dom, Painted Schultz is a successful CEO. He's created hundreds of thousands of jobs. He's a job creator, don't you know, Dom? Some taking the opportunity to defend business leaders in general and skipping the questioning entirely. Whose team do you think they're on? Yeah, right. Later, one former and one current employee described seeing pro-union colleagues penalized and being punished themselves. Here's a quote. Sanders, my guy, all over the country, workers are struggling. They want to join unions. They want better wages, better working conditions. They want that at Starbucks. I hope that what today has done is to tell Mr. Schultz that the time right now is to do what is legal to do what is appropriate, to sit down and negotiate a first contract with their workers. Got this one down.
2: Yeah. Uh, Sanders, who accused Schultz of illegal anti-union activities in the past, reiterated on Wednesday that, quote, the fundamental issue we are confronting today is whether we have a system of justice that applies to all or whether billionaires and large corporations can break the law with impunity. Sanders mentioned that Starbucks and the union have yet to sign a contract. Quote, what is outrageous to me is not only Starbucks' anti-union activities and their willingness to break the law, it is their calculated and intentional efforts to stall, stall, and stall. What Starbucks is doing is not only trying to break unions, but even worse, they're trying to break the spirit of workers who are struggling to improve their lives. And that is unforgivable. Senators aren't the only ones who want more answers from Starbucks, CNN reports. During the company's annual shareholder meeting last week, investors voted to approve a proposal that would have the board of directors commission and oversee an independent third-party assessment of Starbucks' adherence to its stated commitment to workers' freedom of association and collective bargaining. Well, you can make a statement. Doesn't mean you got to <laughs> live by it, does it? Not when it gets in the way of the bottom line, Dom. We're going to form a blue-ribbon committee... Uh, companies are not required to adhere to proposals that are approved, but if they ignore them, they risk angering investors. The results of the vote were shared in an SEC filing Wednesday after the hearing had wrapped. Starbucks said in its filing that it has a previously announced third-party human rights impact assessment already underway, which includes a review of the principles of freedom of association and the right to collectively bargain. I mean, really? You kidding me? I mean, the, the NR, uh, NRLB has already said you broke the law. You don't really even need to, you know, form your committee or waste your shareholder dollars looking into that. You already did it. CNN continues this.
1: You waste these shareholder dollars giving yourself plausible deniability, Dom.
2: (laughs) Defendable positions for future civil suits. Nearly 300 Starbucks stores have voted to unionize and have been certified by the NLRB. It's a relatively small number compared to the roughly 9,300 company-operated Starbucks in the United States, but union organizers are fighting an uphill battle against the company. 300 stores? We've got to start somewhere. Uh, NLRB administrative law judge Michael Rosas recently said that Starbucks had displayed Egregious and widespread misconduct in dealing with employees involved in efforts to unionize Buffalo, New York stores, including the first location to unionize. Starbucks repeatedly sent high-level executives into Buffalo area stores in a relentless effort, the judge wrote, which likely left a lasting impact as to the importance of voting against representation, unquote. As a result, the company must reinstate and make whole a number of workers who were let go from locations in or around Buffalo, the judge said. Judge also said that Schultz, the interim CEO, and another company leader must read the notice to employees or be present at a meeting where the rights are read. Stand up and read it, Schultz. When Sanders asked whether Schultz would read the notice, Schultz said, no, I am not, because Starbucks coffee company did not break the law, he said. Schultz said during his You know, his Bernie wind Thursday,
1: up, Bernie's got a heart condition, or Bernie would have been losing his
2: schnitzel on this guy right about now. He says, uh, Wednesday that, uh, Starbucks unequivocally has not broken the law he referred to the judge's findings as allegations adding that quote we're confident that those allegations will be proven false starbucks said in a statement at the time of Rosas's order that it is considering all options to obtain further legal review adding we believe the decision and the remedies offered are inappropriate given the record in this matter when sanders asked Schultz to commit to exchanging proposals with the union within two weeks of the hearing he declined to do so saying instead we will continue to negotiate in good faith Starbucks argues that it is the union that has dragged its feet to the bargaining table. <laughs> yeah, come on, Dominic.
1: There's more. It's like getting a hundred speeding tickets and claiming sense. Later in the morning, Senator Christopher Murphy questioned Schultz on his assertion that Starbucks had been acting legally, saying he was attempting to square Starbucks and Schultz's claim it had done nothing wrong with repeated official findings otherwise. It is akin to someone who has been ticketed for speeding 100 times saying, I've never violated the law because every single time, every single time, the cop got it wrong. You've tried that, Tom. Uh, didn't work the first 99 times, did it? Some senators, defended Schultz as a stand-in for business leaders in general. Mr. Schultz, I applaud you for your success. And I applaud all the CEOs out there for their success, said Senator Mark Wayne Mullen, who a few weeks ago got into a heated exchange with the general president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters Sean O'Brien during a help hearing. Senator Mitt Romney threw barbs at his fellow committee members. It's somewhat rich that you being grilled by people who've never had the opportunity to create a single job. I've got binders of women I've given jobs to, and yet they believe that they know better how to do so. You know, thank God for Republicans standing up for those poor CEOs and big Schultz,
2: according to The Hill, a three-time Starbucks chief executive who abruptly resigned from his post ahead of Wednesday's hearing, denied Starbucks ever broke the law. When asked if he ever coerced or intimidated workers who considered joining a union, Schultz said he, quote, had conversations that could have been interpreted in a different way than I intended. You better do it or I fire you.
1: Come back or you're fired. Business ethics.
0: You shut that thing down, and we are not going to be held responsible for contract, whatever happens. To be held- Occupy didn't start on Wall Street. It started on our street, the Devil's Advocates.
2: And we are back. Thank you for listening to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show. Join us on the lines, 844-967-2789. Scott Ross going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Scott Ross. What is his title now? I
1: just called him angry Twitter guy. Angry Twitter. <laughs> that could describe Trump, though. Yeah, right, right. Uh, one more quick thought, Dom. I love it what? when Bernie Sanders comes out in public, starts calling out big business. When you start putting a squeeze on the worker, that should be bothersome. To we, the people, the broader electorate, the 99% of us that aren't billionaires should really be offended by the fact that the billionaires use their wealth to crush these so-called workers, right? They're the job creators. As long as you work for a sufficiently low wage. And if you try to unionize and collectively bargain, they're going to crush you. Dom, it's, it's always strange to me. Um. What do I hear all the time? There is no such thing as a free lunch. Republicans always say asinine things like that. And literally during the pandemic, there were a number of free lunch programs. And here's the crazy thing. Right-wingers, conservatives, air quotes, Republicans, they don't give a damn about the outcomes. Because if they ever looked at the policy outcomes, they might be a little more supportive of things like, I don't know, free lunches in the schools, giving people a little leg up, giving the worker a chance to earn a little bit more. But
2: let's talk about the food in the belly. (laughs) You know, you say free lunch. How about offered lunch? Because, you know, like the free education and everything else, it's all got to be paid for. But the question is, is the investment worth it? Is there a ROI, a return on investment for you Republicans out there, you know, to put a a belly full of food in a kid who has doesn't have the power uh, to tell his parents how to live? You know what specifically there is. Return on that investment, but
1: don't tell the righties. Uh, Ben Shapiro specifically tweeted this out. If a child is on the verge of uh, starvation, you uh, must call CPS, not spend hundreds of millions on disproportionately unhealthy lunches, a huge percentage of which are discarded. As it says here, Shapiro is wrong. There's a great deal of evidence that free school lunches reduce student hunger and improve children's health. Conservatives don't necessarily care about good outcomes, though. That's because they don't want good outcomes. They want to police people. The discourse around school lunches is a brutal, disturbing example of the broader carceral logic of right-wing politics. And right now in the state of Wisconsin, we talked about referendums on the ballot. Should able-bodied people have to work for their welfare benefits?
3: Mike, that's a very good question.
1: As is currently the law in the great state of Wisconsin. Right. Uh, A little bit more from this article. Republicans and those on the right believe that government should not be used to help those in need, but to punish and discipline marginalized people. What Scott Walker always used to say, we celebrate the 4th of July, not April 15th, because we celebrate our freedom from the government. Apparently not tax day. I also hear, you know, welfare is supposed to be a trampoline, not a net. Anyways, I read on school lunches have been studied extensively and there's little question that they improve health outcomes for children. In contrary to Shapiro's claim that school lunches are unhealthy. Research finds that children who receive free school meals are more likely to receive daily adequate nutrition and more likely to eat fruits and vegetables And drink milk. Shapiro also argues that school lunches are economically inefficient. He believes uh, poor families don't exist. There are no poor people, Dom. They don't live in my neighborhood. I don't see them. And if children are hungry, it's because they're being abused and they should be taken away from their parents. Of course, this is ludicrous. Real hunger and poverty do exist in the U.S. There are families that do not have the money to afford both rent and food. There are families who want to care for their children, but lack for the resources to do so. And the U.S. government estimates that 12.5% of households with children are food insecure. That's like one in eight, Dom, which means that there are times when they do not have enough food to feed everyone in the family. In most cases, adults feed children first. But even given that, in 6.3% of households, children experience food insecurity a little bit more and we'll get to the lines, 844-967-2789. School meal programs are also incredibly efficient. One study found that every dollar spent on school meal programs saves $2 in reduced health care costs and reduced poverty. And a Swedish study found free school lunch programs resulted in 3% higher lifetime earnings for the children. And presumably, that's 3% higher taxes paid by those kids over their lifetime. Starts adding up to real money. A lot more than a couple of cheese sandwiches in a brown bag, Paul Ryan.
2: 844-967-2789. Let's get some callers in. Jim from Appleton, Wisconsin. You're up. Welcome, Jim. What do you got for us? Hey, Jim.
3: Hey, guys.
1: How's it going? Good man. Good, man. Sorry I didn't give you much time, but... Please throw it out there. What do you no, got for all us? Right. I don't
3: need. I don't. I don't need a lot of time. My first complaint is, uh, you guys, they're regressives. They're not conservatives. Or you can do what yeah. they called Pat Alba's gotten and call them regressive conservatives. 1849, slavery's is legal. You got that right. And women couldn't vote. The only people that could vote were. White men, and the only people that did vote were white property owners.
1: Well, that's what's gotta be preserved. Gotta go back to the original constraints in <laughs> the good old days of Jim. the white man constitution, Jim.
3: Yeah, that's that's what that's what the regressives want to think. But
1: Jim, thanks for listening. I know there was a but, but I don't have time to hear it. Because we gotta find guests coming next to you, Scout Ross. One Wisconsin now? Used to be? Formerly? Aggressive tweeter? Absolutely. Brand. Friended the Devil's Advocates and a Gemini. No doubt. Come back. It's always good conversation. Scott Ross and the Devil's Advocates and you. 844-96-PARTY.
2: I would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for those meddling Devils Advocates.
1: Welcome back to the Devils Advocates Radio Show. We've got an eagerly anticipated guest. Hope he's joining us very, very soon. Scott Ross, aggressive tweeter, friend of ours. In the meantime, you could be our guest, 844-967-2789. We're making sure we've got a connection with Mr. Ross. He's been spending time overseas dom you'll be going overseas quite soon after the election after the important stuff dom's going to italy or something right dom i can
2: i'm sorry say that again going to italy or something paisan oh hang on yeah here we go all right we're good yes going to italy uh middle of the month looking forward to it Steph and I get a little little breakaway. I know I know Ross is coming, man. I saw him tweeting us out, so I expect he'll be joining us here very shortly. Uh, let me just while we're waiting for the connection with Scott. Um, I was thinking as we were talking about the Starbucks and 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 the defense of the CEOs, right? And, and who was that? I think it was Romney who was just saying something. All like, oh, these these people who've never created a job, yada yada yada. And I think well, that's BS. Number one, um, you know, I've created a few jobs in my life. I understand uh, lots of people have, and some people are good at it, some people are not good at it. Uh, but the point being is, you don't have to physically do something like that in order to have an opinion as to how it should occur. For instance. Um, I'm pretty sure that Mr. Romney uh, is not able to bear children, but I'm sure he has a lot of opinions on abortion. You see where I'm going with this? I'm, I'm very sure a lot of these war hawks have never spent any time in the battlefield, but yet they're going to be out there and, and judging whether or not we should send other people's kids to war. So just because someone was not employed in the private sector in a quote-unquote job-creating capacity has absolutely nothing to do with whether or not they can garner the wisdom to form an opinion as to how workers should be treated. Because no matter what, most people have been a worker, Mr. Romney. And just because you're not on the other side of the equation doesn't mean you don't know what it's like. So when you get your uterus, maybe then you will have an opinion that counts on abortion. Just saying. You're a little feisty. Ah, I mean, I just hate that. Like, really? Like, you have to literally do the stuff yourself. Have a personal experience with A, B, or C prior to casting any sort of judgment upon it. And there's a reason why we have a National Labor Relationship Board, right? There's a reason for that. Because big business has been stepping on workers forever. 844-967-2789.
1: I'm still not clear that we've sent the accurate email address. I'm watching. <laughs> and I'm like, doing, no, I man. think it's his birthday, and there's not forty one days in the month of June. <laughs> Did you hear me, Ebone? You sent the wrong email address, fella. Try again. Okay. Eventually. That, Scott Ross.
0: Okay, okay.
2: Take another look. <laughs> He's a so Gemini
1: like you, and he, I we
2: share uh the Scott. And I and the former guy share a birthday together. I, I know you do. That's, that's why that's only the super cool and Donald Trump.
1: And and also being a, a June birthday boy. I knew there were well, not 41 days in June this year.
2: No, no, not 41.
1: Yeah. No, no, no. Still wrong. Try no, no.
2: Oh, geez, man. <laughs> <laughs> some terrible, some, some troubles here. Um,
1: we're going to we're going to lose a whole segment to typing in Scott Ross's email. There it is. Send. There we go. Uh,
2: we'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, Sanders grilling Schultz under oath. And and rem- I want to remind people too. Schultz apparently what resigned from his position right before testifying. What is that all about? Oh, we're going to set up some blue ribbon committees to see how we're treating people. You know how you're treating people. And and some of the 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 reporting on here, uh, I saw something about uh, the employees wanting to have, you know, some higher wages and the ability to be tipped like you can't they can't you can't tip on the credit card right now at the Starbucks. Is that a is that a corporate thing? Because not a lot of people, when you pay with a credit card, want to tip with cash. I, I'm just I, I'm not clear, but we know how Starbucks has been treating their employees. They although otherwise they would not have been what? Ruled to a broken labor laws more than one hundred and thirty times.
1: Now, you've you've coffeeed at Starbucks I feel quite confident
2: I I still do yeah I, I, I like a I like a Starbucks coffee every once in a while absolutely now I prefer to go to like my my local chain uh, and, and get some some coffee there but I'm, I'm down with the Starbucks and some of those what 300 have voted to unionize listen and I, I I'm not a big You know, I'll never, never go to that place. Uh, You know, the the coffee itself is fine. The bean, I'm not a big fan of the bean, but I like the mixes. I like the little fluffy things they do. The macchiatos, although it's not a true macchiato, you know, whatever. I, I enjoy the coffee. And those people, they're locals, they're working there. They're just trying to earn a living like everybody else. Uh, so I don't, wanna, I don't want people to say, no, don't go there. Go there and support, especially support the unionized ones. Tell them, hey, we hope you unionize What can I do to help you? Here's a, here's a dollar since, what, your corporation won't let me put a tip on the credit card as, a, as some sort of policy? It just seems a little strange to me. So thank you, Senator Sanders, for standing up once again for working folks. 844-967-2789. I'm waiting for Scott Ross. In the meantime, Robert from West Dallas, you're up. Welcome. What do you got for us?
0: Hey, Dom, I get your point. Um, I, I think it's really interesting, this job creator argument. Remember, we gave away all those tax cuts, and they were supposed to create all these jobs. And uh, where are the jobs, right? Everyone at the time said this wasn't going to happen, and uh, we did not see the jobs out, out of that massive tax cut that blew a hole in the deficit.
1: You're uh, talking about
2: the manufacturers and agribusiness tax credit that was supposed to be $150 million a year ended up being over $300 million a year. And and if my recollection is accurate, Robert, there was no specific job requirement on the tail end of that tax cut.
0: Yeah, and when I took economics, uh, my understanding was customers right, requiring a good and service create a job, not the employer. The employer doesn't create anything. There's no demand for that goods or service and there's no reason to have the position. So I, I you know, I think we've we've kinda of got it all backwards on how how the economy actually works.
2: Oh. So- well, well, I think we know how it works, Robert. But people like uh, 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 the senator from Utah seem to think they have a better a better beat on it. Remember, this guy was what came in there who was a creative destruction, uh, Mitt Romney. So thanks for the call, Robert.
1: Well, here's a creatively destructive friend of ours. He's Scott Ross, fresh from a trip over the pond. Scott, what what's your
0: title now? We put you down for aggressive tweeter.
2: Hey, there you go. You can say that. The or you can
0: say. Uh, you can call me an aggressive tweeter. You can call me a uh, 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 spokesperson has been. Just don't call me late for dinner.
1: Mm. Or the devil's advocates. I apologize. That's on me, probably. Or Evan, but I'll, I'll take definitely that not compliment. Dom. Def, not Dom in this case. <laughs> now, Scott, you must have been watching from afar, but now you're back on the ground in beloved Wisconsin, state Supreme Court race. Who do you like in this one, Scott?
0: I mean, I like the I like what uh, Janet Protasiewicz is saying, obviously, from like an uh, ideological standpoint. Um, she's a proven you know, she's got a proven track record of of fighting for community safety. Um, she's, you know, a, a veteran prosecutor, a lifelong advocate for victims of crime. Um, she's got that kind of experience. Um, Dan Kelly, on the other hand, you know, is a uh, is a crook. And an extremist. And I think he doesn't represent the values of the people of Wisconsin. That said, everybody better be doing the work they need to do because the Republicans have tended to close pretty strong in these in these races, and they've definitely shrunk the gap in terms of the money advantage.
1: And what about his, let's say, resume? I mean, he is an esteemed graduate of the Pat Robertson School of Broadcast, is he not? Renamed Regent University. I know that what's caught a little... Hell from the right because she giggled that both of her opponents or both of the conservatives, air quotes. Well, they're both esteemed grads from Regent University. Uh, uh, does does that not make him entirely unqualified? I mean, sorry, I, I'm not trying yeah, and, to and, and again, college shame, but
0: we're, we're really. Talk, yeah, I mean, we're talking about Regent University, the Jerry, the um. Uh, At Robertson University, not Liberty University, the Jerry Falwell University. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, I think that they fought for a long time in terms of getting accreditation for the law degree. Certainly Liberty, they did. Um, Yeah, I know. I mean, Dan Kelly had no resume other than being a politically connected right wing ideologue, which is why Scott Walker appointed him to the to the to the judgeship. And, you know, why he inevitably lost the first time and why he will lose a second time.
2: Folks, you're listening to the Devil's Advocates radio show. That's our pal, Scott Ross. He's a tweeter. He's a firebrand. He's got the same birthday as I do, Scott. Great to see you again, man. Uh, also, the state of Wisconsin. I mean, Dan Kelly was involved in what? Providing legal advice to the Wisconsin Republican Party and the RNC over the fraudulent criminal, as we would suggest. uh, uh elector scheme. And this guy now wants to what? Be put on, back on to the Supreme Court. Uh, Do you think uh, Proto-Sewitz has been effective in highlighting that particular part? Do you think people care, Scott? I mean, this is a threat
0: to I mean, his actions have been a threat to democracy. I mean, as the January 6th uh, investigation showed the committee hearing showed Dan Kelly was extensively involved um, with his con with with in conversations about Trump's effort to you know subvert democracy to uh, enact a coup to you know the terrorist insurrection which happened on the on the state capital or I mean in the national capital. Um, so I think that she's done a good job. I think the allies have done a good job. I think this is you know anytime you're talking about a threat to democracy, I think that's um, something that can bring. Republicans and Democrats together. Now, certainly there are enough stop the steal people on the Republican side. But I think that those voters in the you know, I think that some of the voters who broke for Biden, you know, who might have otherwise possibly supported the Republicans are those kinds of voters that this might target because, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, the Republicans are wrong about a lot of things but like there are some who believe in fairness and attacking democracy is unfair. in a lot of people's, a lot of people's view, but you know, it's, uh, it'll be remained to be seen. I mean, the threat to democracy is real um, and having Dan Kelly not on the court, I think would be an incredible feather in the cap to democracy here in the state of Wisconsin.
1: Abortion has been a driving force since the midterm, since the overturning of Roe v. Wade last summer, Dobbs, the decision, uh, Scott, I took encouragement from the earlier primary, uh, the Supreme Court primary a couple months ago. At least here in certain parts of the state, we saw a record turnout. Dane County, about 36%. Now, that's still <clears throat> anemic in a democracy, but it certainly, to me, indicates that people are aware there is a Supreme Court race. They're aware that abortion is currently illegal in the state and there's really only one avenue seemingly to change that and that would be a vote for janet protesewitz now i know you haven't been on the ground but you got to know what's going on scott how big a driving factor do you think this decision was this dobbs decision to what's going to happen on the fourth?
0: well i think yeah no for sure and a lot of times like especially on the democratic side we see people trying to make a to c arguments right like try have a bank shot to get to something. This is an A to B argument. If Dan Kelly is on the Supreme Court, we will not be able to overturn the 1849 criminal abortion ban in the state of Wisconsin. If he is on the court, it will not happen. Simple, short, sweet. This guy is in the pocket of the of the of the of the anti anti anti-abortion machine. That's why he's got all the money from U lines. That's why he's got all the money from uh, from Diane Hendricks. That's why he's had the endorsement of these groups. Um, And that's why we know the way he is going to vote if given the opportunity to vote to overturn the 1849 abortion ban. You know, Jan, on the other hand, she can't say what she's going to do. But I think, you know, but it seems pretty clear that she is pro-choice, believes in the rights of women to have uh, 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 freedom in their in their reproductive decisions. And I think that, you know, that's I that's all that I need to know, you know.
1: Scott Ross, here's what I need to know. We kind of shorted you, man. Can you stick around for a few more minutes? Help us finish the show. Go for it. And would you allow us to indulge a few callers if we did so? Only if
0: they say nasty things to me.
1: (laughs) There is a probability. You know, can't just be the host doing all the nasty talk. We got Scott Ross (laughs) for that. Folks, we are the Devil's Advocates. Come back with us. Your phone calls could be next. State Supreme Court race in the great state of Wisconsin. If it does not go to pro if there is not a changing of the court, not only will abortion forever, or at least seemingly forever, be banned in this state, there will never be democracy again. Democracy is dead unless you vote for proto And come back and listen to more Scott Ross and the Devil's Advocates and you on the phones as well, 844-96-PARTY.
2: The Devil's Advocates, political commentary from the back of the class. And we are back. Thank you for listening to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show. Check us out on the socials on Twitter at Devil Radio on Facebook at the Devil's Advocates Radio. You can always hit us up on the lines at 844-967-2789. Dominic, we got a fine guest. He stuck around.
1: We appreciate him doing so. He's an aggressive tweeter, a Gemini, our friend, Scott Ross. Scott, got to ask you, off- Off subject. You a baseball guy, man. Opening day tomorrow. Cubs, Brewers. Hope Springs, Eternal.
0: Like, so I used to watch baseball with my grandmother. I grew up in Pittsburgh. Was a huge Pirates fan. I used to know every middle name of the 1979 world champion Pirates. Um, But in uh, the early 90s, uh, late 80s, early 90s, Pittsburgh went to the playoffs three straight years. And the second year, after the second year, they lost Benia. And then there was talk they might lose like three other players the year after. And I made a list and I said, if they lose, if they lose three of these six players, I'm never going to pay to see baseball again. And they lost all six within 11 months. So I did not pay to see baseball. I I don't know the last time I bought a ticket to see baseball. I have gone to see baseball when other people have paid, but I kept my word at least for 25 years. So I am a big fan. I'm not necessarily a Brewers fan. You know, like I, I get a lot of grief from, uh, Uh, Wisconsin fans about teams that I like that they don't like and uh, we always you know it always sort of closes with you know me making some crack about the Milwaukee Brewers World Series championship uh, trophy case
1: you know I got (laughs) hell recently because I put something on my Facebook to the effect that Jesus hates the Cubs (laughs) that's fair I I feel like he does 844-967-2789. Before we get to the phones, be patient, folks. Scott, I got to ask you. Go. Donald Trump was supposed to get indicted like a week and a half ago, at least according to his own claims. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm like Veruca Salt over here. I want it now, daddy. Or let's move on to the real indictments, perhaps the one out of Fulton County or one out of Jack Smith in the special counselor's office. You know, the stormy was... Big news, like seven eight years ago, but Scott, this one's not going to move the needle politically, and it's not going to put his ass in jail, to my opinion. So why waste the effort? Your thought?
0: Well, I think that we have to, you know, people have to be held accountable for the wrongdoing. And I would say, like, you know, when 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 the Obama administration did nothing to investigate the war crimes of George Bush that cost us four thousand one hundred and sixty us lives uh in iraq for the lie in iraq i think that when you don't hold somebody accountable it just makes the next person do something even worse and i think that we've seen you know we've seen the 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 trajectory of of criminality um because of that you know i mean i just think like actions need to have consequences and i want to see him in jail too you know i i'm one of those i'm one of those twitter creeps that every so often just like has to smack his head and say what do you have to do to get indicted by Merrick Garland you know what do any of these people have to you know what is what 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 is the crime what crimes, you know? Because it it just it's incredibly frustrating. And I'm and I'm showing that now with my stammering, so I apologize. <laughs>
2: That's okay. Uh, as as far as uh, ha- having accountability, Fox News, at least as it pertains to Dominion, uh, more news continues to come out. They knew what they were saying was bunk. Uh, Scott, do you do you think what do you what do you think will be the end result uh, of this particular case on Fox News and perhaps uh, in journalism a- a- as a whole?
0: Well, OK, a couple things. One, I'm not going to I would not characterize Fox News as journalism. And I think that the and I think that the tapes, you know, the the text messages showed that we know that they're a propaganda outfit, but it was so stark. You know, I, like if and again, if I were the White House, I'd kick them out. I don't think that they sh- I don't think that that kind of operation should have access because it's not a news outlet, in my opinion. Um. You know, if it goes to the Supreme Court, Fox is going to get its way because the Supreme Court is controlled by the Republicans pretty hard right now. Um, All who have been all supportive of the justices that are, you know, that are on the right there, including the three illegitimate justices put there by uh, by Trump. Um, But Dominion's case seems pretty darn. I mean, it's pretty hard to to look at what what they said about the company, how the company had nothing to do with this. That would seem to be, you know, and I and Dominion for whatever. I mean, you know, libel is what actual malice, no, knowing this, disre- no reckless falsehood or knowing disregard for the truth. But I'm, am I'm missing that. But it seems like they would be guilty of both of those things regarding, regarding this.
1: You know, I'm glad I burned it down over on Fox News so I don't have to go through the quandary of being invited back on a fake news uh, source. 844 967 2789. Patrick from Madison. Say hi to our friend, aggressive tweeter Scott Ross. Hey, Scott. Hey, guys. Good show. Thank
3: you. Um, i just got a couple questions here. Well, my boy plays for Stevens Point, uh, my grandson, uh, baseball. So I'm into baseball. But I was up in Wisconsin Rapids in the Point area. And that used to be a big-time, big-time union blue area. And all I see
0: was this F biden signs kelly nothing
1: nothing on the other side patrick you know, how recently sack. was that yesterday
0: pretty recent <laughs>
1: right, pretty recent rapid and i seen nothing not not one sign nothing and, and
3: i don't i know what i know the paper mills have gone out and a lot of stuff like that but i think some of these people got to get in that area and that scared me when i seen all this because they they don't have a clue
1: yeah it is a little scary do you do you uh appreciate your call patrick and the update from uh w f h r land now scott we are on the radio now mm-hmm. in wisconsin rapids and that's only been about a 6 month endeavor we didn't change the electorate yet you know that takes time it's a glacial thing Um, how concerned are you? I've been very encouraged by the number of young students I've seen at local get out the vote events, Charlie Barron's Monday night, et cetera. But when you get out state, it's a whole different characteristic. The state of Wisconsin, it's a couple different States, the rural and the urban Scott, how worried are you that the rural are going to turn out for Dan Kelly?
0: Well, I you know, the caller brought up some really important things, and that is what kind of communications are happening out in the outside of Madison and Milwaukee, especially when it comes to the Democratic or the progressive side. And, you know, the gerrymandered maps have been incredibly detrimental to or, you know, not only electorally, but there's not a presence out there of Democrats being able to respond to what the Republicans are doing in the media. You know so like when there's an article it's just what the republican has to say you know anytime there's criticism it seems to be get leveled at voss and it doesn't reach out there to the local representatives so like in rapids you know that scott Klug guy the guy who said he would never run for re-election or take per diem or whatever who's been in there like you know a dozen years like he's not being pummeled on a daily basis for the hypocrisies and the crime done by the uh, done by the republicans down in madison it's left for Voss to take all that on. And I think that having more of a media presence and thank goodness this is happening, I think is going to give like, you know, more discussion of the issues because right now it's just been one-sided in a lot of these places.
1: Scott Ross, wish we had more of you on the radio, man. Maybe we'll talk. Stick around, the hump day edition. We got the empowered caregivers at seven o'clock. We've got native roots radio at six. Keep it locked right here, the civic media app. That is how all the Patriots consume. Thank you, Dan Kaufman. Thank you, Scott Ross. Thank you, Dom Ebone.